You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott and Tim Wersberger, official podcast of HockeyFights.com. Tim, what's going on, my man? Good morning, John. How's your Friday so far? It's going up bad. Beautiful day here in northern Michigan. Very, very nice, calm fall day. Water's crystally sparkly. I'm staring at it right now, so it's a good morning. What about you, Tim? I'm also looking at the water in my window. We're a couple of lucky dudes, huh? Oh, we are a couple of lucky dudes, Tim. You nailed it right on the head. Very, very perceptive. You're, the, <laughs> the grasp you have of the English language is something to shoot for. Really is a couple of lucky dudes. <laughs> very wholesome this start to the show so far. You, you make me laugh, Tim. I find it funny. We're a couple of lucky dudes. You know who else is lucky, Tim? Who else is lucky? The Canadian Olympic team, because they have such a plethora of players to choose from, a cornucopia of talent, just just so many good players to pluck and put on their roster. And that's what we're going to dig into today when we start off the show. We are a month into this season. The Olympics are right around the corner. They're in February. So the the GMs, the, the masterminds behind the Canadian and American Olympic squad have been watching all these players play throughout the season and you you have an impression of what your team's going to be initially going into this season but things change and players who you thought were going to come in and knock it out of the park maybe aren't doing so hot other guys who you weren't expecting have had great starts and they played themselves onto the team so i just wanted to kind of give an update of who we think are going to be on the team now obviously there's locks on both teams who are going to be there regardless they, they could start the season absolutely you know atrociously have a have a bad bad season up until the olympics but you're still going to put them on guys like mcdavid guys like crosby guys like mckinnon guys like bergeron marchand i feel like on canada those five are the locks regardless of what they do they could you know throw up a a stinker in the regular season and they're still going to the olympics don't you think uh, as far as locks go for canada tim who are the guys who are just already Booked their plane ticket. They got their hotel room set up. They're going. Their family's heading out to China. Who are the guys who are complete, utter locks, regardless of how they play? Uh, I think you nailed it with those five. I might. I mean, there's guys that are close, like a Mark Stone or Huberdeau. But, yeah, I, I think, that, I mean, there's not that many locks. So just because there's such a deep, a deep, like, list to pull from. If one guy's not playing well and other guy's lighting it up, there's, there's a tough decision to be made. I totally agree. I totally agree. But yeah, there, but when you look at the tiers, I think Canada, there is, there is a tier of players. There, there's a, a solid 15 forwards. It's like, those are the guys. And you kind of pick from those guys to make your 12 starters. And then for the defense, I, th- I feel like there's more depth on the back end for Canada. As strange as that sounds, there's, there's a lot of new names that are showing up, but there are a lot of players that could, you know, jump up and be and be a contributor and a starting defenseman, and they're not even on anybody's radar. So let's let's dig into it. Our, our first picks going back to I don't know when we did our first preview. We had a pretty similar team for Team Canada. 
we, we had McDavid McKinnon point as our first line. We had Crosby Bergeron Marchand as our second line. Then we differed a little bit for our next two lines, but they were still pretty similar for my third line. I had Huberto Scheifele and Marner. My fourth line, I had Barzal O'Reilly and stone for your third line. You had Huberto Stamkos and Marner for your fourth line. You had Couturier O'Reilly and stone. So very similar teams. I think when you look at Canada, it's pretty obvious who the stars are you're not going to find better players and better picks for the first two lines. So I'm not going to touch my first two, two lines. Are you? No, no, I'm not. I think all six of those guys, they are who we thought they were coining Dennis green from the Arizona Cardinals. When he got asked a question in a press conference, they are who we thought they were. That's why you play the damn game. Anyways. So the third line, I'm, I'm going to have some, some shuffling right now. Mark Shifley, poor Mark Shifley, you know, it's been a rough start to this season for Mark Shifley. The Winnipeg Jets have been playing great. They're two best players, and we'll talk about Blake Wheeler when we get to Team USA. But they haven't been playing too hot. Shifley has struggled. I don't know what's going on with his game. He just hasn't seemed to have been able to produce the way he has been in years past. He's known for having a laser-quick release, bullet of a shot, being able to get up in the play, like use all his talents and gifts, and just hasn't worked out for whatever reason this year. He was a guy who was on the bubble going into the selection. He was batted around. Well, should we pick him? Should we pick this guy? Should we pick him? I had to regretfully take him off, and I'm going with John Tavares or Tavares, whatever you want to call. I'm, I'm putting him there. John's started off the season strong. He's been a really consistent for Toronto as Matthews has struggled a little bit. Marner struggled out of the gate. Willie Nylander's always been there, but Tavares has been, you know, steady as she goes, Johnny T he's not going to get a hundred points. He's not going to blow, you know, the scoring sheet out the, out the stratosphere, but he's going to get decent amount of points and he's same as usual. Very responsive defensively, just really good in zone playing really good on the face off dot. So I'm going to put Johnny Tavares on my third line center, I'm keeping Mitch Marner there. Maybe they have some familiarity there. Jonathan Huberto is still going to be there. Marner, I'm watching him, though. He's on my watch list, and I'm going to tell him this. He There's there's a circle around him. It's always nerve-wracking when you would go in the coach's room and you would see the lineup there because every coach has their lineup. Some do it in marker. Other have magnets of the guy's names on them. Others just – there's different ways. But I would always have my name, and it would be a slash somebody else – like, oh, come on. Like, I would never have my own spot. He'd be like, Scott slash Nathan Gerby. I'm like, gosh, it's either me or Gerbs, you know, and we'd have to battle it out to try to see who's going to play that game. But Marner's got a slash on him right now, and I'm going to go slash him and Taylor Hall. One of those two guys is going to make that spot. I like the way Taylor Hall's been playing this year. He gives you a little more different look other than Marner Hall gets up and down the ice. He's a big body. He goes in spaces that maybe Mitch Marner doesn't go. So maybe I want to put a Taylor Hall in that position, but we're going to say that right now it's Marner's job, but Taylor Hall is right behind him. My fourth line. I'm also going to make a move. Matty Barzal. He hasn't been playing that well. You know, I, I love his game. I love the way he approaches the game. He really attacks it. He seems hungry, you know, as, as Tim likes to say, Hasn't been that hungry this year. I think as New York Islanders as a whole, I think they've been overfed. I, I think they they need to maybe get a little hungry. So I'm taking Matty Barzell out, and I'm going all defense on that line. As strange as it is to say all defense with a Mark Stone and a Ryan O'Reilly, and I'm going to put Sean Couturier on that line. I think if you need to have a shutdown line moment, if you need to go out there and you're up by one and you're facing USA or Russia or whoever they are playing – 
and you need to shut down that line if it's one minute left. I'm throwing out O'Reilly, Stone, and Couturier. you got two centermen who I know can win draws versus anybody in the league. Those guys are going to eat pucks if they need to, and I trust them to get the puck out of the zone at any given moment, at any given time. Down a man, six on five, one minute to go. I think that is the line you throw out there, especially with Sean Couturier on the left wing with Ryan O'Reilly centering Mark Stone on the right wing. So those are my my kind of alterations on my Canadian line. I'm taking Shifley out. I'm taking Barzal out. I'm putting JT in and I'm putting Couturier in. I put Mitch Marner on notice that Taylor Hall is sniffing at his heels. Other than that, I think I'm leaving the first two lines. What, do you have any changes for Team Canada, Tim? Do you have any did, – did, did, did I just take your changes? Or what, you know- what do you got going on? All you did was make your team more similar to the one that I picked like two months ago. I'm not making any changes. Yeah, I'm. my team is still the same. Uh, My bottom six is Huberdeau, Stamkos, Marner. I like that. And then my fourth line is the one that you already, you just changed it to. Couturier, O'Reilly, and Stone. Yeah, so we just, Stamkos and Tavares are the only difference right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like a preference thing. Marner, I think, would be the one guy, like you said, where I might, his name is circled for me, but, um, the Olympic size ice, I think he's a guy you want in your team. And Taylor Hall, I like him. Obviously, it's, he's a Bruin. It's not but... Olympic size ice, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's not. But I still want him. I, Taylor Hall, I, I don't need that the, the body size. I don't need the elements that he brings to his game that maybe Marner doesn't have because of that fourth line that we have and because of the other guys in this lineup. So um, I'm sticking with my group right now. All right. Let's, let's move on to the back end. It, it's going to be a whole new defensive Six going into uh, were they Beijing? Is it, is it Beijing from what it was in Sochi? Is it back to back Asian Olympics? It is. So I'm I'm going to oh no it was Russia right? Sochi was Russia. Sochi is Russia. Sounds Asian. Sounds Asian. That's just <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so I had Shabbat Shalom and um, Peter Angelo as my as my top two, I'm getting rid of Shabbat Shalom. I think I'm going to go a little bit with some veteran experience. I'm going with Drew Doughty. I don't know for whatever reason, I got a gut feeling. If Drew Doughty is available, I'm putting him with Peter Angelo. That's my top pairing. He's had a decent start to this season. I don't know Shabbat Shalom has been playing well. Like Thomas Shabbat has had a great start. He lost. Angelo hasn't. I know. I'm going with veteran experience for my top two. That's what I'm going for. I'm just banking on these guys. And Peter Angelo is a lock for me. He is one of the, the only guy in the back end who I know is going regardless. He, he could have a dumpy start to the season, which he has. He's going. That's it. I'm going to put Drew Doughty with them, the veteran experience. I think those guys will calm down the other four that I'm going to pick. But uh, I, I know it's a little bit controversial. I'm moving um, Thomas Shabbat to my reserves. He's going to be my seventh defenseman. That's what I'm going to do. What else am I going to do? I'm getting rid of Darnell Nurse. It's, it's going to be tough to do. My second pairing is still going to be McCarr and Theodore. I think they're a good pair. I got Dougie Hamilton. I'm getting rid of Darnell Nurse. Tim, here's a question. Who leads all Canadian defensemen in points right now? Canadian defensemen in points right now? Uh, don't know. No guess. Brent Burns. Brent Burns. Huh. I yes. am getting Burnsy back on the team. He's 36 years old. He's a little long in the long in the tooth, as we like to say. But he's back, baby, and and he is fired up. What better guy to throw on the Olympic squad than Brent Burns? So he's back. I got him with Dougie Hamilton. They're my third pairing. They're very big, very physical, can do everything. 
you know, offensive, defensive, play the body, do whatever you wanted to do. And he's just a character. I think he would be a, a good addition to this team. There's a lot of serious guys in the team. There's a lot of, you know, business as usual. And you got Crosby, McDavid, Bergeron, all these guys who just, you know, don't bring much of a personality. You put Bernsey on the plane, you get him in the locker room, he loosens things up. He might not play every game, who knows, but I think he would be a really strong addition to the team. So that's it. I, I'm, I'm moving Shabbat down. I'm getting Nurse out of there. I'm bringing in Doughty, and I'm bringing in Bernsey. Those are my seven. Like it's 2012. Like it's 2012, baby. I love it. <laughs> Any changes on your back end, Tim? I'm making just one. Um, so my my – Pairings are Shea Theodore, Kale McCarr, Morgan Riley, Petrangelo, and Dougie and Adam Pellick. I'm switching out a top pairing defenseman. Shea Theodore is off the team right now. He's uh, oh. he's an extra. Yeah, he's he's out. And I'm replacing with Aaron Ekblad. I love his game. I like does, Ekblad too. He does everything. He does everything. And um, yeah, I, I'm honestly surprised I didn't pick Ekblad the last time around. And Dowdy was my seventh defenseman. I'll probably keep him there. And Theodore is out of the picture completely. He's gone. He's gone. Wow. He's got, right. he's got a couple of weeks to, to turn me around, but right now it's not looking good for him. All right. Moving to the between the pipes. This is where I think we've seen the most turnover just because of how the season has started. I had Mark Andre Fleury, Kerry Price, and Darcy Kemper. Fleury has seen better starts. He has played poorly by his own, you know, admission. Kerry Price, massive question mark. No one knows when he's going to come back. They keep saying we're, we're taking our time with Carrie. There's no rush, this and that. So the, he's a complete unknown at this point. And if I'm Carrie Price, do I even want to come back to play for that Montreal Canadiens team who lost again last night, by the way? They are atrocious. They, they cannot buy a win. They, they look awful every time they step on the ice. And then I had Darcy Kemper, who's had a good start to his season. I'm getting rid of Flurry and Price right now. I'm grabbing Jordan Bennington from St. Louis, who's had a pretty good start. And I'm getting Mackenzie Blackwood from the Devils, who has gotten his COVID shot. And he's all said he can jump on the plane and go. He's been playing really, really well. There was a question mark on him. Was he the goalie that we thought he was last year? He kind of just came out of nowhere. He's been having a good start to the season. I like the way he's played. Kemper's my starter. And I'm bringing Blackwood and Bennington. I'm going three complete unknowns in the international stage, which is a little scary because you're playing the best players in the world. You will be faced with high end offensive, you know, shots and chances and this and that. I don't know how they're going to, you know, react. I, I have a huge question mark on my back. And if Carey Price comes back and he's playing well, I'm bringing him along. If Mark Andre Fleury, you know, the Hawks have won four or five in a row now. They they steady the ship a little bit. They're playing a little more defensive, de- defensively responsible. And Fleury has responded. He's been playing well. If he continues to play well for the next two months, I'm taking Fleury. So this this will change in the next two months. But right now, if we're like, get on the plane, we're leaving right now, I'm taking Kemper, Blackwood, and Biddington. Those are my three. You had Fleury, Price, and Carter Hart. Has there been any change, Tim, between the pipes for you? There's been one change. Oh. I'm, rem- <gasps> uh, 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 I'm removing Fleury, replacing him with Darcy Kemper. Um who has been really solid for, for Colorado Avalanche. It's similar until last year with, with uh, Grubauer. You kind of wonder, like, it's just inflated a little bit just because of the team in front of him. But I like him. Um, and I, uh, right now, Carter Hart's my starter. He's been the best goalie so far. 
He's kind of a he's kind of a wild card, but if you look at his stats so far this season, all the sample sizes, he's been the best goalie so far. And regardless of who you pick, I don't think you can really be too thrilled or too excited as a Canadian about this goalie situation. It's a strange thing, given like the last five, ten, pretty much all the Olympics, they've had just incredible goaltenders. And now there's a bunch of question marks. So um, Carter Hart's my guy so far, but I think it's more of a very short leash with him and Kemper. And Price is there just because of of his pedigree and the potential that, you know what, he could be the best goalie in the world any day now. You know what I mean? Like he could turn it on and lead these guys to a gold medal. Um, If he's healthy, if he's feeling good, if his mind is right. So he's coming along with me and Flurry's the odd man out. Yeah. The luxury of having, Oh, well we could put in Patrick Waugh or we can do who else? Oh, maybe Martin Brodeur. Roberto Luongo. Like the luxury that Canada had between the pipes for so long was impressive. And I feel like now, that belongs to the team USA. They have great goaltenders. They really, really do. And they've come out of, well, I don't want to say they've come out of nowhere, but a guy like Thatcher Demko, he's a really good goaltender. He keeps Vancouver in games. They have no right being in. Then you got John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck, very, very strong goaltenders. When you look at the team USA side, they, when I was doing my prep for this a few months ago, when we did our first little preliminary team, I was actually really shocked by how good Team USA was. You always just assume Team Canada is so strong and they're just going to blow everyone away. Team USA has a really sneaky, high-end, talented team. They really, really do. And arguably, their best player is gone right now with Jack Eichel. So if Jack's on the team, they have two amazing, amazing, amazing starting starting top two lines, but Eichel's out now. So we'll see where that, that puts them. I don't know if they can ice a really strong second line. Like they were with, I had Kyle Connor, Jack Eichel and Joe Pavelski, but obviously I would move things around now, but let's, let's dig into team USA. Tim, why don't you go first and tell me who's out, who's in for team USA now? Okay, uh, I'm going to start with the forwards. My top line was Debrinket, Matthews, and Kane. That's going to stay the same. I really like that group. And and Debrinket's maybe not the, the best left wing in the league um, among Americans, but I like that you know potential for a chemistry with Kane and to balance out the top line. And obviously, he's no slouch either. So that's staying the same. I'm changing pretty much every other line, though. Actually, I'm going to keep my fourth line as well. Matthew, Kachuk, JT Miller, Brady Kachuk. Tough line to play against big, strong guys. I'm keeping those guys as well. My middle six is kind of a disaster. Um, <laughs> Jack Eichel, I'm assuming that he's not going to be ready to go, so I'm going to operate just saying that he he's out. Um, and Jack Hughes has been injured most of the year so far as well, so I'm going to assume he's out as well. And I'm going to replace him. I'm going to replace Eichel with Dylan Larkin, who I really should have had in there the first time around. Um, so he's going to come out and then I'm going to replace Jack Hughes with Joe Pavelski, centering the third line, um, flipping Kyle Connor and Jake Getzel. So my second line now is going to be Kyle Connor, Dylan Larkin and Johnny Gaudreau, who's going to replace Brock Besser. And then my third line is Gensel with Pavelski and Pacioretty fourth line, Kachuk, JT Miller, Brady Kachuk. So summary, Eichel, Hughes and Besser are out Larkin, Pavelski and Gaudreau are in. You got Pavelski in now. Yep. That's interesting. I'm taking him out of my lineup. Very interesting. So you, I like USA, like Canada, you can't go wrong. I am kind of mirroring one of your lines. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll start with my fourth line. I had Kachuk, Miller, and Besser. 
Brady Kachuk has played really well. You know, he obviously was out for the start of the season. He's come in, he's played well. He's a point per game guy right now. Brock Besser has struggled much like every other Vancouver offensive player. They just can't seem to get things going. So I'm taking, you know, handsome Brock off the team. I don't want to do it. I like Brock a lot. We're, we're very, you know, personal, close friends. He's off the team. I'm putting in Brady Kachuk. How fun, much like your team. How fun would it be to have Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, JT Miller, who is a very, you know, hard player to play against. He's just, even when he, we had him on the show, he just seemed a little ornery. You know what I mean? He's, he's got that edge to him. He doesn't care what you think. He just has that, one of those attitudes. And that's what I want. And the Kachuks, they have that in spades. They are the most unlikable players on the ice that I've ever been around. So I'm going to go with Kachuk, Miller, and Kachuk for my fourth line. Just like yours, I think that's going to be a very formidable fourth line. My third line, I like Jake Gensel. He's, he started off slow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave him there. He's played well. He knows how to play with high-end players. I'm leaving Dylan Larkin, my, my, second line, my third line center, excuse me. I'm getting rid of Blake Wheeler. Much like Mark Shifley, Wheeler has just struggled to start the season. He's known for his, his Jets, <clears throat> pun intended. They haven't been there this season. I, I feel like there's something going on in Winnipeg with these top guys. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's physical. I don't think we know. We'll never know. I'm taking Wheeler off and putting Debrinket there. I like Debrinket. He shows a little bite when he fights. A little. Did you watch that fight that we talked about last episode? Oh, yeah. Awesome. How fun was that with Yanni Gord, Alex Debrinket? It was just a great fight. I know he's not going to fight in the Olympics, but I think that line's exciting. Dylan Larkin's been having a great start. You put him with Debrinket. They're both just burners who can get up and down the ice. You put Jake Getzel in a slot. He's got a heck of a shot. I think that's a good third line. My second line, Jack Eichel's gone. What are you going to do? If if he's in the pitcher, I think it's a completely different team. I think they they potentially have a chance you know, to compete with the Canadas of the world, but with Eichel being gone, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? It, it's very, very tough. And I, and I went back and forth. Who am I going to get to center my second line? I don't know. Is it this guy? Is it that guy? I'm, I'm, I'm switching my pick right now. It's going to be Joe Pavelski. I'm moving him over to center. He, he's a very, he's a good centerman. He's a good winger. I, I was going to put someone else there, but at the last minute, I'm putting paths in between Connor and who do they, who do they put there? Who do they have, Tim? Sorry. Gaudreau or Gensel or no? Who did I have? It's Max Pacioretty. Sorry, I had Max Pacioretty. So I, I'm moving Eichel out. I'm moving Pabs to the center. I'm putting Pacioretty on the right wing. So that's my second line. My first line is going to say the same with Johnny Gaudreau, Austin Matthews, Patrick Kane. So that's my that's my team right there. Oh no, sorry, I was going to put uh, Chris Kreider there. That's what I'm going to put there. Not Pacioretty. So Chris Kreider is going on the right wing. Pabs is moving over to the middle. We got Connor Pabs and um, Chris Kreider as my second line. I like the way Kreider's played. He's speed. He's a big, solid body, and he gets it on the forecheck. And he he's actually a thick, thick boy. You know him. He's a Boston guy, right, Tim? Yeah, he's scoring a bunch of goals. He's he's uh, he's lighting the world on fire, John. All right, moving on after that. Um, I, I can't stand that state. Defense, Tim. Who do you have on your D? D are you are you mixing it up a little bit? Any any uh, alterations on the back end? You got to get rid of Quinn Hughes. No. You're keeping Quinn Hughes on your team? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you got going on? Let me see. Who do you got? So my pairings last time around were were Renski and Seth Jones, Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy, Quinn Hughes, and John Carlson. And this time around, I don't know if I'm making any changes. I think I I might move 
around within this lineup. Like Wenski and Jones were my top pairing last time, and now it's going to be McAvoy and Fox. Um, but Quinn Hughes has been solid, John. I don't know why you're, you want to change him. Vancouver's been tough, but he's got 14 points. He's plus five. Like that's the guy I want on my team. So yeah, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm making any changes. I thought about throwing Shattenkirk in because he's been really cool to watch. He's been a lot of fun, but I'm going to stick with my guys um, other than just moving the pairings around a little bit. And who's Kirk? What? Nothing. Kevin. Shat. Shat on Kirk. All right. Um, I am going to keep my top two pairings as well. Rinsky, Seth Jones. He's been playing better of late Jones. He's, you know, playing good for Chicago. Fox and McAvoy. If anything, those are my one-two defensemen, Fox and McAvoy. They've been playing really well too. I had Krug and Carlson for my five-six. I'm I'm gassing both of them. They're both gone. Wow. That's it. I I think with my lineup on the back end, knowing that I'm going to be facing Canada, who's just got a lot of high-end talent. They are very talented offensively. I need two defensemen I know I can put out there and shut down a line. I know where you're going with this. What team that's out there right now, they're first in the league. Well, no, they're second in the league. They're unbelievable defensively. I'm I'm taking Slavin and Pecci. I'm taking both of them. They played great for Carolina. They're bigger bodies, but they can get up in the play. Slavin's got some offensive upside. Pecci's just great defensively. I'm taking both of them. They're going to be my third line deep pairing. I'm going to match them up versus McDavid line. I'm going to match them up versus Crosby's line. And that's it. I think that's a no brainer. Sorry, Tori Krug. Sorry, Carlson. I got my guys on offense. I got Adam Fox. I got McAvoy. I got Rinsky's. I got guys who can run the power play. I'm completely just overvamping my third pair. And I'm bringing those two guys in. And I feel like that's going to be a better fit for my team and for what I need. The tools that I need. Maybe Krug and Carlson are better defensive overall. They have better offensive upside. For what I need from my third pairing, I need a guy to shut down the other team's top line. And when you have Canada, when you have three top lines, when you're looking at the lineup and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, who am I going to stop? Well, I got to eliminate one of these juggernauts of lines. I'm going to take out McDavid's line. Pecci, Slavin, you guys match up with them. Every single time they're on the ice, you go on the ice and that's it. I can focus on the other three lines. So that's what I'm going to, why didn't you do that, Tim, if you knew where I was going? It's just a smart, no-brainer thing to do. I like Slavin. Pesci doesn't excite me, though. It's like, is he really an Olympian? He's an Olympian defenseman. You, it, you, I'm like a chef. If I just throw in all the bold, exciting flavors into the bowl, it's not going to work. You need to add flavors that complement other flavors. If you just throw in paprika and cayenne and cumin and all these really bold, exciting flavors, it's going to taste like garbage. You got to throw in a little bit of salt. You got to accent flavors, baby. That's what Pecci and Slavin are. They just accent the higher-end guys, and they just make it work. They make it work, and that's what they're going to do for Team USA. I, I would not be surprised if they, they put those two on the team. They work so well together. It would, it would make sense to me, but we'll see where it heads up, ends up. That, that's the update for now. Things will change next month. We'll do another one of these before the Olympics. Wait, probably. What? You, oh, goaltenders. Goalies, yeah. I'm not changing my goaltenders. That's it. Four I'm, I'm Alibug, Gibson, and Demko. Who you are you changing yours? No, no, there's still my turn. Who's your starter though? If it started tomorrow, Gibson. Okay, I'm gonna go with Hellebuck still. They're, it's a no brainer. Hellebuck or they're both great goaltenders. So, like like Canada of the 90s and 2000s, it's whoever you throw on net's gonna play really, really well. So, I like those two picks. That's it, Tim. That's that's our updates. I think these they play play China in the round robin. Do you know how bad China is going to be beat 
it's going to be embarrassing. China's made up of mostly Canadian nationals. So it is, and they're Canadian nationals who can't make the NHL or the AHL and really are just over there to make a paycheck and they nationalize them and they're going to play for team China and they're just going to get smoked. Like the over under in that game is going to be 10. Do you know Canadian goals? Do you know any names? Well, Brendan Yep. I know Brendan Yep. He's like the only guy who played. Oh, yeah. yeah. Colorado, I think, right? I think he does have Chinese ancestry at some in some in his family tree, but other guys like China offered me that. And they're like, yeah, if you come over and play for the Kunlun Dragons, we'll nationalize you. You can play in the Olympics. So I turned down playing in the Olympics. It would have been epic. All right. Any other uh, thing you want to touch on with the Olympics, Tim? Nope. Nope. All right, let's move on. We're going to do the power rankings. I like this. I enjoy doing it. I, I, I enjoy reading about it in football. They do it after every week. Who's the best team in the league? Who's the worst team in the league? Why, why are things changing? What's going on? So we're going to do it here. Do you have your power rankings ready, Tim? Sure do. We have the top three teams, the bottom three teams. Go. Who are your top? You want to start with the top or stop, start on the bottom? Let's start with the top. Start on a positive yeah. note. Go ahead, Tim. Lead us up. And yeah, and I don't know. It's I don't have like exciting answers, a little bit predictable. Carolina it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that long. It's just let's let's just see what you have. Carolina. Is your one? Florida. Okay. And this is where I kind of go back and forth, but I'm gonna go with Toronto. They're looking really <laughs> good. They've won five in a row. They're a top five anyway in, in points. So yeah, they're my third. I thought about Edmonton, um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Toronto. I like that. Toronto's my one. Really? At this point in the season, how they're playing, how Jack Campbell has been playing, he is the reason they're number one right now. He's been playing very, very, very strong. I like him. He plays He plays the game the right way. He doesn't let up weak goals. He, he just He's a really good goaltender. I'm blown away by how good this guy is. As good as Freddie Anderson been in Carolina, as good as Florida's been, as surprising as Washington's been. Edmonton's, you know, for Edmonton, they they've skidded a little bit. They're still 12 and four. They're still playing great hockey. I have them sniffing the top three, but I got Toronto one. I got Florida two, Carolina three. We have the same three teams. I think those guys are are just playing great hockey. Carolina has been strong. Florida has been strong. They, they've struggled a little bit of late, but they did beat Carolina a few weeks ago. So that, I, that bumps me up a little bit in the rankings for them, just a head-to-head matchup. But who else are you going to get into the top three? Maybe Calgary, maybe Anaheim. Anaheim has been playing great. They just lost their eight-game winning streak yesterday to Carolina, who rightfully said we had a bad game, but Freddie Anderson kept us in it. So I think those are the three teams to beat right now. They're all in the East. They're all very strong. You could arguably put four or five or six teams that are all in the East in the top six teams in the NHL right now when you look at the standings. So I don't know. It's very unexciting, but those are my power rankings. Those are Tim's power rankings. Who are your bottom three teams, Tim? Well, there's a couple of obvious ones. Arizona, of course, is the worst team in the league, and there's not even really a second place. Yeah. No, well, we got to do bottom three because they're it's three. Yeah, let's see it. All right, my my second to worst is Seattle. Again, just a team that hasn't done much, wasn't expected to do much. We knew they weren't going to do what what Vegas did in its first season, 
And my third team, again, kind of going back and forth, but I'm actually going to go, and it pains me to say, Montreal. Montreal, they've lost three in a row now. They're they're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10. They don't have to show any sign of turning things around. Um, yeah, I, those are my top three. I wish, I wish Montreal was better. Um, yeah, well, I agree. I think Seattle's my worst. They, they've just, they look bad. They've lost. They haven't been in coyote. They, they have been competitive of late. They got a win the other night. They lost in overtime last night. They have shown signs of improvement. Whereas Seattle has just been going South and South in a bad way. So Seattle's my worst. Arizona's my second worst. And I was struggling like, uh, do we go Montreal? Do we go Vancouver? Vancouver, Montreal, Inkle, Einhorn, Finkel, Einhorn, Finkel. There's just any one of them could go there. But my my third worst team is Montreal. They, they played two more games. They got two less points. They look atrocious. They absolutely – it's embarrassing where this team ended up last season to where they are now. Everyone thought the Dallas Stars fall a few years back after they made the Stanley Cup Finals, and last year they really didn't play the way they should have was bad. This is downright embarrassing. Was Shea Weber and Carey Price that big of an influence on this team and a Corey Perry? They really didn't, you know, have a big roster overhaul. It's the same guys. They just are playing absolutely garbage. This team needs to be there. I don't know what needs to be done. We're not going to get into that, but that that's my bottom three Montreal and Vancouver is going to be there soon. If this continues the way it's going to continue it's going to be montreal vancouver and seattle those are my three bottom arizona's been playing okay you know i I know they're going to lose a lot of games but for arizona in the last two weeks they've been playing okay and mind you that only means one win and an overtime loss and like five losses but they've been playing okay tim okay right i'm not saying like they're still in the three worst you're shaking your head like I'm, i'm crazy they're not playing okay they're just not they lost in overtime last night. They're two seven and one in the last ten. But the one <laughs> and the one have come in the last week, so I'm I'm kind of giving the benefit of a doubt. They're they're, okay. they're starting to show signs of improvement. Ottawa's two seven and one. Why are they not in the bottom three for either of us? Because because they have six points and Ottawa has nine. Yeah, but why why is Ottawa ahead of Montreal? Because Montreal's lost five straight, three straight. Sorry. Three straight. Three straight. It's just, I, I just see where things are trending. Arizona's playing better. I'm not putting him last. Seattle's playing just terrible. Grubauer, woof. He's woof. not playing good at all. Like, maybe it was a system in Colorado. Maybe they can go back and just take away all those Vesna nominations. Just give them to the goalie coach in Colorado, who are the defensive coach, because it's not, it's not trending good. It, so, Let's do for some predictions for next one. Who who are the teams from the top three? If there's one team that you could see that's going to fade out of the top three power rankings, Toronto, Carolina, Florida, which we both have, is there one of those teams where you think could just potentially fade out of the top three a little bit? Um. Yes, I would say Florida. Me too. Yeah. I, I For no other reason than they just – it just doesn't feel right for them to be in first place right now. They have struggled of late. <laughs> Andrew Burnett is their new head coach after Quinville kind of bowed out because of the whole Chicago issue. Is he the guy to take the reins there? I still think they're maybe tinkering. Maybe they're going to bring in somebody to supplant him. He's a first-time head coach. That will affect them eventually. They're still riding the high of new coach, win for, win for Bruno, win for Kitty. But we'll see how that shakes out. Toronto, gosh, they look good. 
They really do. And Matthews still is not scoring. Like they won 2-1 the other night and Morgan Riley got both goals. So once Matthews really starts to find his groove and starts scoring and producing like he should, they're going to be really tough to beat. They really, but we knew this. We knew they were going to be good in the regular season. We knew they were going to be competing for the president's trophy. They need to do it. When Tim, when do they need to do it? No. False in the playoffs. They need to do it in the playoffs. Are you well, not yeah. listening when I Fig- talk? Figures. Do you? Just, I am. I, I meant like now. Like this is the time. This team needs to be the one uh, to man to make a run in the playoffs, Tim. All right. From the three that we mentioned in the bottom, what does any team have any hope for the for the three in your bottom? I mean, of the three, it would be Montreal, but the answer is no. I'm thinking Arizona for me. Oh come on! Tell you stop. what. Stop I it. think Vancouver is going to continue to trend downwards. I think Montreal is going to be continue to trend down. And same with Seattle. Next next time we do this next week, I, I fully believe Arizona will be the fourth worst team in the NHL. And it'll be <laughs> Vancouver, Montreal, and, and uh, Seattle, my bottom three. Which well, isn't Ottawa. much to say. Ottawa, they might be in there too. Poor Team Canada. Remember a few years back when everybody thought they were going to get all the Canadian teams in the playoffs? Yep. That's how yeah. excited everybody was. Now, when you look at the standings, it's just like, okay, we have Edmonton, Calgary, and Toronto, and Winnipeg. Where are the other three teams? What happened to Vancouver? What happened to Montreal? What happened to Ottawa? I don't know what happened. It's just, it's oof, uh, Vancouver. Oh, I can't get over how bad both of those teams are. When I get angry, you know what I do, Tim? What do you do? Are you not listening to me again? Sometimes you pause and then you interrupt me when like, I never oh, know if you actually want to speak. Come I on. am sorry, everybody. I, I get angry and then I need to eat. So that's what I need to do. And when I need to eat, I need it now and I need it quick. And the best way to do that is DoorDash. You've heard me say it hundreds of times before. Go to DoorDash, get yourself some food, use the app, go on the website, DoorDash.com, fire it up on your phone. Either way you want to do it, it's good. Order whatever you want, Tim. I, I do it. If I'm angry, I usually like spicy food, so I get spicy wings. So I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, spicy wings. I get it delivered. I use my app, enter my promo code, Gloves DD. If I'm in Canada, Gloves DD US. If I'm in the States, it gets there quick. It gets there hot. It gets there spicy the way I like it when I'm angry. I match my food to my mood. That's just how I am. And it's beautiful. DoorDash, great company. Great service. Do it up. Enter promo code. Like I said, gloves DD. If you're in Canada, gloves DD US. If you're in the USA, you get 25% off your order and a first delivery free. It's fantastic. Please tell them we sent you DoorDash. All right. Let's just touch on a few things. Tim, and we'll get out of here. This episode is getting long. I thought it was going to be like a, we're going to be struggling to find stuff to talk about, but there's just lots to talk about today. The Flyers. Why don't you, you're a Philadelphia insider. Everybody knows it. You and Frank Saravalli, you grew up together on the, the south side of Philly. Yep. They've been, they've been playing pretty well of late. Why and how have they been doing this, Tim? Yeah, they're 5-3-2 five, three, five, five, three and two in the last 10 games. They had a great game against uh, Tampa last night that they lost in overtime. Um, and I actually got a DM from a listener last night. He was talking to me about how good these guys have been. Um, shout out to Johnny. And they've beaten the Oilers, Flames, Capitals, and Hurricanes in the last week or two weeks, basically. Um, so I think it's just another team that we tend to gloss over, not give enough attention to. And when we talked about these guys in the beginning of the year, we talked about like Giroux and JVR and Couturier and basically said like, for these guys to be good, you need production out of Giroux. You need their best players to be the best players. And that's been the story so far. Um, you look at like their, their, their stats, you know, Giroux's leading the team in points. He had a beautiful 
kind of semi-breakaway goal last night. Did you see that? I was just going to say, that was probably the worst Vasilevsky has ever looked in his NHL career. He completely embarrassed, arguably the best goal on the planet right now. Completely fooled him. Vasilevsky was gone. You know what's bad when the goalie's sliding the other way and you casually just tuck the puck in? Like, that's hard to do on any goalie, let alone Vasilevsky. This reminds me of uh, Marty Turco a few years ago. There's, a, there's an old YouTube video of, like, Marty Turco doesn't understand physics because there's, like, two or three goals in a row where he's sliding the opposite way because guys are just, like, undressing him. It's really funny. Um, but, yeah, Cam Atkinson's looking really good. He's got seven goals. He leads or tied for, with Giroux for the league leading – sorry, team leading goals. One interesting note, though, JVR, we mentioned him last year. He was their top point producer, and he's not looking as solid this year. He's got two goals, four assists in 15 games – um, so they, you know, they haven't gotten much out of him and they haven't gotten much out of not that They were, they signed Risto for his offense, but he's only got one, three assists, no goals so far. Um, which is a little surprising. I think we were kind of hoping that he might get a shot in the power play and, and, you know, show that he was just, he could produce better than what we saw on a bad Buffalo team. But I think so far he's really just a defense first guy, which isn't a bad thing. Well, he's on their second power play unit with Yandel. So he, he does get some time there, but you know, it, when you're in Buffalo, there really is nobody else to run the power play. For years, he was the guy. It's like, who else are we going to put out there? Then they got Darlene, and that kind of pushed him back to the second power play unit in Buffalo. But he's not a very offensively gifted player. Like, when you look at just straight hands, you know what I mean? Risto's a big guy. He plays physical. He 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 is a very strong guy. He's 6'4", 220 for Pete's sake. Like, he's not meant to be that guy on the power play who's who's quarterback and even watching him in Buffalo he he never you know he's not going to fake you out he just he's a facilitator he's going to get the puck he's either going to shoot it or passes to the half wall that was it he's not going to be one of these guys like Fox or McAvoy who's going to you know be very dynamic on the on the power play so that doesn't really surprise me that he only has three assists the JVR thing is a little bit more concerning I, I think him only getting six points maybe raises some red flags but gosh Philly's looking good and are we underplaying? Why isn't Giroux, Giroux in the uh, Olympic conversation at all? He's such a good player, and he's been doing it forever. I've thought about that, um, but for the type of player he is, there's just better guys in that roster. And I don't need a Giroux in my fourth line for Team Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a centerman, and you need to be a top two-line centerman if you're Giroux. And it's like, oh, well, there's McKinnon, there's Crosby, there's McDavid. Eesh, sorry, Claude, but you, you don't make that team when you want to be a first or second line guy. He's not going to be a fourth line checker. You're right. But he's had a great start. He was one of the most enjoyable players to watch in the whole league. And I don't know. Can Philly keep this up? Do you think they are in sweet? We talk about it every single episode. They are in such a strong division. Every single night they have to go out and they're at their best or they're in the bottom of the division. We see that stinking New York Islanders are in last place for Pete's sake and Philly's in fourth right now and they've been playing really good hockey. Can they sustain this in that division? Um, they can, but the question that the thing that worries me is their goaltending. They're getting really stellar goaltending so far from Carter Hart and Martin Jones. They have pretty much identical stats. Uh, goals against average, 2, 2.25, 2.27. Save percentage, 9.32, 9.31. They look really good. But this those names don't really inspire a lot of, um, I don't know, it's just a, a lot of faith, a lot of um, belief that these guys can be, the, you know, what they're doing now, continue down the stretch. 
I think there's a solid chance that Martin Jones or Carter Hart could implode at any time. We've seen it before from these guys throughout their career. So that makes me just a little bit nervous if I'm a Flyers fan. So your starting goaltender for Team Canada could implode at any time. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah, but that's that's what Team Canada is at right now. Who are you going to pick over him? Darcy Kemper. Yeah. So far, he's been the best. <laughs> he's, been the, he's been the best Canadian goalie. So he's, he's still he's number one on the chart. That's the guy. With a I very want. short leash. He short instills leash. confidence in my team. I hope nobody on Team Canada is listening to this episode, which I'm probably wrong because they all listen to it. Every guy in the NHL, I would say 80% of them listen to our podcast. But yes, I agree. Their goaltenders have been very strong. Martin Jones, we dumped on him for years when he was in San Jose. Maybe he was just a product of San Jose just being a really bad team in front of him. The demon were taking chances and giving up too many odd man rushes, and he just couldn't figure it out. He's been playing well. He's resurrected his career. Carter Hart has turned the corner. Last year was a complete throwaway year. He's been playing well. They're very comparable, like you said, numbers-wise. So I, I disagree. I think the goaltender is not the issue. I, I think the forwards are the issue on this team. If they can continue to <clears throat> produce, Ellis just got hurt, which is a big, big kind of ding for them on the back end. He's out. How many weeks is he out? Do you know? Uh, four to six weeks. I knew you would have the answer, the insider. I love it. You're, you're always on it. So that's going to be a little bit of an issue on the back end, but they have a deep, you know, deep defense. They got Braun and Provorov and Sanheim, Risto and Yandel and Nick Sealer, who's a good little defense. Tough. I shouldn't say little. Nick Sealer is tough. He's a tough cookie. But um, what I question is, can the forwards continue to produce? Can the top guys continue to do what they're doing? Can Couturier, Giroux, Broussard, you know, continue to put the puck in the net? If they can, I like Philly. They picked up Zach McEwen from Vancouver. He's a tough, tough dude. So they have a little bit of grit. They have a little bit of talent. They have a little bit of everything. Travis Konecki on the third line with Lawton and Oscar Lindblom is a pretty good third line for any team. So if anybody can stay in that position in that division, it's Philadelphia. Gosh, there's going to be a good team who's going to miss the playoffs. There's going to be a couple good teams who missed the playoffs out of that division. It's going to be sad when you look at the end of the day. It's like, gosh, how did Pittsburgh or Philly or the Islanders or Columbus not make the playoffs? Then you look out west and you're like, how did Dallas make the playoffs? Or how did like LA or these teams make the playoffs when they wouldn't even be at like top six in the East? So it'll be very interesting to see how this, this, uh, this shakes itself out, but it's exciting. There's not a bad team in the East right now. It's it's really good hockey. All right, moving on. Some quick hits. Our friend Cole Caulfield made it back to the NHL team. Isn't that exciting? Surprising. Very short stint. He got called down only not even a week ago. Yeah, very surprising. I think he was down for maybe a week and a half. So he comes back. He, he's going to be, he has to be a different player, right? You know, got a little slap on the wrist. Going to come back, be a little more de- defensively responsible. Going to have some fire in his eyes. What what happened that first game, Tim? Did he he must have lit it up and played well? He jumped right back up in that first line with Suzuki and Toffoli, and he was minus three in last Ooh. game. Dash three, dash three in fifteen minutes. Not good. Not bueno. He had about twenty shifts. So I'm no mathematician, but every seven shifts he's getting scored on. It's not a good start to come back. Not a good first impression. When you're coming back into the lineup, was it a mistake bringing him back up? I mean, I don't know what they know or whatever, but it was surprising. Like you, you I think you said he would be down in the AHL for pretty much the rest of the season. Like let him get his it confidence. Yeah. Um, do you think last night did anything for his confidence? Oh, it definitely ruined it. 
why would you bring this guy up? I don't understand why you're bringing him up. It doesn't make sense to me. But much like everything Montreal does, it seems like Bergeron, he's just trying to figure out a way for this team to win. I get it. Like, they can't score. They can't do anything. Suzuki, what has happened to him? Like, he is a shell of his former self. He has not been well. I don't – we can get into that another day. But Caulfield back up. If I were to tell you, there's two guys in the NHL who have current 16-game point streaks. One's Connor McDavid. He's got a point every single game this year. Who's the other guy who has a 16-game point streak in the NHL right now? I would say Drysaddle. Wrong. Troy Terry. Troy Terry from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks has a 16-game point streak. Would have a 17-gamer, but he did not get a point the first game of the year. So nobody's talking about him as much. McDavid scored in every single game. Little Troy Terry. You know, the little engine that could. Got another point last night when Anaheim played 16 games in a row. Why is he not the talk of the town? It's a very unassuming guy. He's got career highs and goals already, career highs and assists, obviously career high in points. Is this going to continue, Tim? Or is this just um, a symptom of being on the same team as Isaac Lundstrom? Tell me. I mean, it doesn't hurt being on a team with Isaac Lundstrom, that's for sure. Um, I mean, is it going to continue all season? Of course not, but... Like I said, and you you didn't like I said this last week, but we could be seeing the breakout of a, a big star in the NHL. This could be this his his come to the dinner table season, and I don't know that I, I don't know that it is, but this could be it. And it's a lot of fun to watch. We should just enjoy it while it's happening. I agree. He's it's it. Anaheim's a fun team to watch. They played Carolina last night, who is like we said, a top three team in the NHL, and they played them hard. They won two to one. Carolina did, but Rod Brindamore after the game, he's like, we have no business being in that game. Freddie Anderson held us in it for the first two periods. And we kind of found our way in the third and the rookie Jarvis, who it looks like they're going to keep, he scored the game winner, but Anaheim's a good little team. They get in on the four check. They're physical. They got a little bit of everything. And much like my Olympic preview with the USA, you need a little bit of everything to be a good team. You can't just have all offense. You need some grinders. You need some scores. You need some shutdown guy. You need some character guys. You need a little bit of everything, Tim. You don't understand that. You just want all flash. You want all flash and no. I was uh, the one who picked no the fourth line um, two months ago that you that you just started to realize was a good idea. Don't talk to me about that. Come on. Not on your defense, though. You're all flash on the defense. And how do you win championships, Tim? I have Adam Pellick on my defense. There's nothing flashy about that, too. He's got a terrible hairline. Oof. That guy needs some uh, hair plugs or something. Um, a couple more things I want to talk about. Did you see Torts' comments about Connor McDavid on his ESPN broadcast? I watched it on my ESPN Plus app. He said, yeah, he, uh, Connor, what's up? No, go ahead. He was just talking about how Connor McDavid, for the amount of ice time that Connor gets, for the amount of time he's on the ice, he draws a very, very small amount of penalties. And, you know, Arguably, he should get a lot more calls on him. He's got the reputation of maybe a whiner, as Sidney Crosby has gotten throughout the years. Torts called him out, and they asked John Torrella what Connor should do, and Torts basically said he should shut his mouth. You know, go out there, play the game, plow through it. You'll get your calls, but don't talk to the refs. Don't talk to anybody. If you get hooked, you get held, you get stuck. Just shut your mouth and keep going to shut up. So McDavid got asked this the other night after he went out, and he scored another beautiful goal versus Vancouver. Absolutely. Was it versus Vancouver? Winnipeg. Winnipeg, beautiful, like went through three guys, unbelievable speed. And he was getting asked about what he should do. He's not getting calls. And he just said, I, I think I should keep my mouth shut. Do you like that? Do you think Connor McDavid should shut his mouth because he's not getting the calls he's deserved? 
I, I like that he said it because it's just a little bit of a clap back at torts. And I like that kind of thing. I think players should show that personality. I, I'm torn on this because like at some point it's like, yeah, the rules are the rules. And McDavid is getting hooked and tripped like basically every night and almost never gets called. And like, this should probably should be called. But at the same point, like if he got called, he's almost, he's impossible to stop. It's like a cheat code. Like do the refs need to do a little bit of game management to keep it close every single night, just because you're the best player in the world doesn't mean you should spend half the game on the power play. Right. So I, I don't know where I'd land. I've been trying to, I, I can't decide. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you want to call the rules, how they're supposed to be called, he would draw two to three penalties a game and then he would ruin the game. So what do you do? Do you make it fair for everybody and just let him go? Or do you maybe just force Connor to play through it? You know? And, and I think we don't want the NHL to be like the NBA where James Harden gets 20 free throws a game and it just ruins a game because he is getting fouled and the refs are calling it, but it's just such a boring game to watch. So I think, I think he's just going to have to power through it and he's just going to have to realize that the refs aren't going to call it. And when they do call it, it's because he's not saying anything. And so as crude as, as crude as it is to say, I do kind of sign with side with Tortorella a little bit and just, you know, there's no other better way to say it, but yeah, just kind of shut your mouth and go about your business and you'll get your calls. I think you're more apt to get a call that way versus getting a call by screaming at the refs. The refs are there. They're human. they don't like to be embarrassed. And if, if they think you're kind of just going over their head and just making a fool out of them during the NHL game, they're going to say, you know what, we're not going to give a, give you a call. And so I, I think Torts has, you know, a little bit of a good argument here, but uh, Connor obviously saw it and he's clapping back a little bit, which is good. I like a, a little bit of personality. You know, what's not good, Tim. <sighs> what? I didn't want to bring it up, but last night, those, those same Edmonton Oilers, they, they didn't score many goals. They did not score many goals. Do we? Do you want to address the elephant in the room? Yeah, my points back mortal pick of the century yesterday was plus six goals between those Jets and the Oilers, and they were 0-0 after two periods. Ended up being two to one, I think. What's going through your head when you're when you're thinking that when you're seeing those <laughs> scores? Well, I looked at they played each other on Tuesday and they, they scored seven combined goals. I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to do it again. And Koskinen wasn't in net. It was their backup. So I'm like, okay, there's going to be some high-flying offense in this game. And there wasn't. I got a couple of DMs last night. It, like, guys watching the game, you're like, dude, you're, you're, you're screwed. So, uh, yeah. Your poor 401K. Well, that's the thing. I'm going to have to podcast forever because my savings is depleted. So I got to just like – And you don't make good. anything from this. I make all the money. Oh, man. So, uh, but luckily, what did we say yesterday? You, you bounce back. You don't give up. And I have a new pick. Oh, gosh. Here we go again. <laughs> Do you know that there was four other games that had seven goals? Oh, no. Really? The Minnesota Wild scored seven goals themselves. Oof, I did have good. a little a side bet with a listener from Dallas who said Dallas would win last night. And I said the Wild, it was in Minnesota, and I was right. So, he owes You're me a parlaying beer. with fans? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Who? What is the lock of the night, Tim? Let's let's hear this, it. The great thing about points bet is you can always get back on the horse. You know what I mean? There's there's always another day. This is an easy one. This is an easy one. Colorado Avalanche are playing the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to keep it simple. Colorado, the money line minus 140. Done. 
they're going to win that game. They're just going to win it outright. I'm going to keep it simple. Would you agree with that? You're already laughing at me. Well, Philip Grubauer definitely has a little bit of chip on his shoulder. And I'm just saying when you have a goalie who's motivated, it might, might hedge the bets a little bit. He knows how McKinnon or McKinnon is not playing, which is also an issue. He has seen Colorado shooters for years now in practice. So he may be, has a as an idea of their tendencies. So I'm just listen, you go, man. But I, I would be a little nervous. It's a 140 is a lot of money. Well, luckily for me, I, I can't bet much because I like I said, I depleted my savings on last night's game. So the low oh, risk dollar forty. <laughs> no, it's minus one forty, the, the odds. So um yeah, I haven't decided how much I'm gonna put down yet, but that's my pick today. All right. Well, let's hope you, you can't lose them all, right? It's impossible to lose four in a row. There's no way. Yeah. Don't let me get hot. I'll say that. Don't let, oh. don't let that happen. And we are rightfully not letting you get hot so far. We're <laughs> keeping you ice cold. <laughs> but anyways, everybody, I hope you enjoy the show. Go out there. Do whatever you want to do. Boy, bet points, bet. Don't bet point, bet. But uh, have some fun. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you guys when we get back next week. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.